Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Reach us to me. Can you put your hands together for Jesus today? Listen. I don't want to belabor a lot of your time, amen, but we want to, I'll give you kind of a preamble of what we're going to talk about. Amen, I know you were like me. That's one of these things, and everybody talks about where they were when Kennedy was shot. Everybody who was old enough to, to, to be living then, you know where you were when you heard Martin Luther King was shot. You know what you probably were wearing, and know what car you were in and what day it was and what you just got finished doing. Well, I always remember where I was when I heard that Kobe Bryant had died. I don't know why it's so impactful. I think it's because of what he represents. And I thought it was just kind of me and some of my people that, you know, that, you know, we share love of his mentality and him as a sports figure, there have been many, many people that bounced the ball. Many people did a whole lot of things. But it wasn't until Tuesday, I kind of shut off all social media. I just, I just couldn't see it anymore. You know, it was bad enough to him, and then they put his daughter on the screen, and then, you know, and, 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 you know, his 13-year-old daughter. I got a 13-year-old daughter. And, He's 41, I'm 43, and I mean, I, I grew up with him looking as a peer like, yeah. He was, a, he was a, never went to high school, but spoke like five different languages. I think part of it is, and particularly it's been pr very hard for black men. Because, you know, society always looks at us as you know, people, that, you know, yeah, we're strong and, you know, we can, we can bounce balls and throw, but Kobe was an intellectual. So that we, we, we can have physical prowess and have mental prowess at the same time. And so I, I went Tuesdays. I go every Tuesday. I go, I, go, I go to therapy every Tuesday. It's not that your pastor, nothing's, nothing is wrong with your pastor. I, want, I don't want anything to go wrong. Tell somebody and tell them, go talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. I know, I know that's a bad statement in the black community because you think they think you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. If you go, no, no, no. You better go talk to somebody. Go talk to somebody. They don't have any dog in the fight. They can just be impartial and tell you, you know, hey, you're right, you're wrong. Somebody just to reflect off of, okay? Just because you go talk to somebody does not mean that you don't believe in Jesus. That was worth the whole trip for somebody. But that, that, that's a sidebar. I went, I went to uh, talk to my therapist. I go, I go Tuesday. Anytime somebody try to call me Tuesday at 10, you're not going to get me because I'm going to be talking to my therapist. And I walked in the lobby. Normally, there's a couple people there. Hey, how you doing? Everybody waiting for their appointment. But the, the, alarm, the lobby was full. 
and the majority of people who were in there were black men. And then I saw, saw my therapist, he's about 35, 36. You know, we pound each other every time we see each other. What's up, man? How you doing? And we just looked at each other, and without saying a word, we just looked at each other and said, it was without words. We knew what was going on. It was one of those things that you didn't have to say words to communicate. And our first 35, 40 minutes of my session, all we talked about was Kobe. He said, it has only been two, he said it hadn't even been 48 hours yet, and we have been flooded with people that are coming, that are coming in for therapy, that are questioning their life, that are questioning their meaning, that are questioning. And so at that point, it hit me like, oh my gosh. It's more than just me. This is affecting people across, across all economic, social, you know. And it, it, it wasn't so much what he did. It was what was yet unfulfilled to come. That it was, seemed like it was just snuffed out. And so at that point, I, had, I, I was going to start a series today. And I was going to, you know, and, we're gonna, and we, we may start it next week. And, but at that point, God kind of, kind of, I started thinking about it. And I tried to fight through it. But sometimes, you know. We can know what we think we want to do in our own mind, but God is the final one. And he says, let's talk about it. And so I just want to talk a little bit about being like a mamba. <laughs> Somebody say like a mamba. A lot of people don't even know what a mamba is, but, uh, but a, a, a mamba is a, is, is a snake on the, on the east coast of Africa. It's one of the most deadly snakes in the whole world. And Kobe created the, 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 the alter ego of the black mamba when he was going through one of the darkest times in his life. It was his response to a dark time in his life. I'm going to say that again. It was his response to a dark time in his life. It was when he was accused of sexual assault, and we're not going to get into the guilt or innocence. That, that's neither here nor there at this point. But what I'm saying is he had the darkest moment where he was, one, he was the most celebrated person since Michael Jordan in sports, and he was reduced down to he didn't know whether he was going to have his freedom or not. It was a dark time in his life. And everything... You know, worked out in his favor and, and, and nothing where ever went to trial and all those things. But he was still left with the wounds. Anybody ever been there where life has happened and the storm has passed? And you're looking at the aftermath of what has happened? He's like, he went out to play basketball and people were booing him. Kobe sucks and they were throwing stuff at him. And the craziest thing is, one day he watched Kill Bill. Might have seen the movie Kill Bill. And in Kill Bill, the guy used, he hid a, a black mamba snake in there to kill the man. He's like, he looked it up. He's like, that's me. And from that, and from that point on, he started calling himself the black mamba. The black mamba is one of the most lethal. It's one of the most cunning snakes. It's the one that is the most patient and strikes its prey. It is the most deadly. He said, from that moment on, I'm going to live my life from the impact of I'm taking no prisoners on the court, in life, in business, with my family, whatever it is. I'm going to attack it like a black mama. 
Now you might say, what in the world does that got to do with us today? What I'm saying is, it was his response to trial and tribulation in his life that he found his true self. You don't know your true self until heat and pressure is on you. You think, oh yeah, I'm good, I never. Don't ever say what you never won't do until the right, when, at the right pressure is applied at the right time and the right circumstances. Apart from God, you will do anything. Heat, heat, heat and pressure brings what's in you to the top. And his response is, is that I'm going to respond. I'm going to bleed the black mamba. He, he, th th this was his mantra. Somebody asked him, Kobe, what does, what, what does the black mamba mean to you? He said, when I respond to life, first let me quote this to you. Look, look, every, everybody thinks, that, look, I don't ever know. I'm, I'm going to have all this going on and I would never do this and I've got a plan for that. But, 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 the, uh, the, but, the, but the wise old sage, the philosopher Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Oh, I'd never do that. Oh, I'd never do Wait till life punches you in the mouth. Wait till you get some news or something that you can't control and you don't, you don't know. Wait till, wait, till, wait till something hits you and it stings you at the very core of your soul. Wait until you get punched in the mouth and let's see what you do then. But Kobe's response, somebody asked him, what is mamba mentality? Is this, he said, if you see me in a fight with a bear, pray for the bear. That's mamba mentality. We don't quit. We don't cower, we don't run. We endure and conquer. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and find a silver lining and get to work with the same belief, the same drive, and the same conviction as you have ever had. That's the mentality of a mamba. That I don't give up. I don't retreat. I don't cower. And I don't give up. Somebody say focus. I want them to show a video. This is one of the seminal moments that to me, Kobe became a legend. Anybody that knows basketball knows this. Go ahead and play that. Is so focused. Now somebody throw a ball in you, what you gonna do? You gonna draw back and draw your fist up probably. But somebody say focus. Kobe was the model of focus. He was so focused on defending. Now you, you gotta understand him and Matt Barnes had some battles. But he was so focused that a man could threaten him by throwing a ball in his face and he did not flinch. Somebody say focus. The word of God says this, because I'm going to give you some scriptures. Y'all going to say I just wasn't up here philosophizing. Philippians 4 and 8 says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are, 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 are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, I need you to think on these things. 
What is the Bible saying? What is Paul saying in Philippians? He said, if there's positivity around, I need you to focus on what is positive. Anything that is lovely, anything that's true, anything that's a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any truth, if there's any nugget in it, I need you to focus on this. The problem with many of us, many of us have the same greatness in us that Kobe had on us. Many of us have the same potential in us that he had in him, but we lack our ability to focus. We let what people are going to think about us get us off focus. We let family members that, 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 that they, they, they resided in the fact that they're going to be sorry and you're going to go make something of yourself and you're going to let, oh, you think you better than everybody. You're going to let people's opinion get you off focus. You're going to let haters and people that are jealous of you and, and, and people and God is blessing you and you're trying to be shame of it and you say, you, you, you playing, you're playing three-dimensional chess in your own mind. Well, if I do this, then they're going to think that. If I do this, then I owe them. You owe nobody anything but to love them. Let me free you in this place. I don't care if people fed you when you was hungry. You say, thank you, God bless you. But at the end, at, at there comes some point where your debt is paid. And don't you let people and their opinions, don't you let people witchcraft and control you and get you off focus. Let God be the truth and let every other man be a liar. Somebody say focus. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true. Look, 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 Paul wouldn't have written that if there wasn't other options to focus on. When you step out the door in the morning, you always have a choice as to what you focus on. That's the reason they made a law against you, texting while you're driving, because it reduces your focus. And at some point when we step out every morning and we step out in the marketplace and we step out to do business, we have to set priority. You can't focus on everything and do anything productive. God said, if you're going to accomplish what I called you to do, you're going to have to set some priority. It doesn't mean it's not important. It's just not as important as me fulfilling my purpose. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks about pursuit of our purpose. And one way, the only way we're going to pursue our purpose this year, our theme is seize it. Somebody say seize it. The only way we're going to truly seize it is if we have laser-like, mamba-like focus. If I ask half the people in this room, what's your goal for this year? Y'all be like, uh, uh. Well, you know, uh, me, uh, no, no. What is your focus? What are you after? When you wake up in the morning, what is your, what is your conquest? What are you, what are you chasing after? What is it going to be a disappointment today if you don't achieve? Many of us are meandering through life because we have no focus. Look, 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 look Paul said, I, I, I press towards the mark. Somebody say the mark. Meaning that some things are going to be coming against me, but I see past what I'm going through and I see my mark. What is your mark? Why do you get up every day? Are you living day after day, month after month, year after year? After year and you, look, look, let me tell you something. A GPS only works when you put in a destination. Where are you going? If we understand that by the GPS, why don't we understand, uh, Lord, whatever your will is, I'll be like, no, the, the Lord, whatever the wind blow. No, God said, I am a God of specificity. I am a God of focus. And, and look, God said, I need you to apply your faith and press it towards a specific mark. 
Somebody say focus. So let Kobe challenge us to get a focus. Sister Go, I'm going to look at you. I ain't going to make you uncomfortable. I know you know the man's wife. I'm just looking at you right now. You got to put everything out over. By virtue of me focusing on you, I'm eliminating everybody else in the room. Our problem is we want to do a little bit of this and we want to give our little attention there and we want to do this and we're listening to what they're saying about us over here and we're worrying about our feelings and we're still letting, letting what mama said about us uh, and auntie said, uh, said about us, you ain't going to be nothing 50 years ago. We still got that rigging on it and, and, and you wonder why you can't accomplish nothing because you don't have focus. Focus on something. Focus on something. I'm not a God that just like this. Oh, I'm just going to throw out some blessing today. God directs his favor where he sees focus. Somebody say focus. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. It says, lay aside every weight. I'm, let me start the scripture at the beginning. Wherefore we seen with compassion such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now there was two things in the scripture. Lay aside weights and sins that so easily beset means get us off focus. You can't run unless you got focus. And we need to run our race. You can't run your mama's race. You can't run your cousin's race. I know people might have put stuff on you. You are this for the family. Look, if that don't bear witness with your spirit, you better run your race. Because what people are doing, see, we, we gotta, we gotta under, you, you got to understand, just because you're successful at a thing doesn't mean it's your race. There are plenty of people that have reached the epitome of success and they're unfulfilled because it was never meant for them. You got to understand with focus and discipline, you can achieve anything, but what is your race? What is your lane? What is it that you got? God, if it wasn't for me being born, this would not be a purpose in the earth. And the writer is saying, you've got to have focus. First of all, you got to lay aside those distractions. Somebody say distractions. How many of you know we got distractions in the earth? They are distractions every day. You turn, on a, you turn on the phone, there are distractions. There are distractions at the job. There are distractions, but it is. But, 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 but focus is, a, is an act of selection. Out of all this going on, I choose to focus here. And the devil don't have to do nothing big and bad. We think that the devil is jumping out, going to come out, I'm the big bad devil. All I got to do is get you off focus. And if I get you off focus, you will wonder and you'll never achieve what God has called you to be. Amen? I want you to write this down. The ability to focus is the factor that separates your mediocrity from your greatness. Your ability to focus is what separates your mediocre version of you and the great version of you. Your ability to focus. Some of us care too much about what people think. Some of us care about, some of us are control freaks. 
Some of us are just type A control freaks and we try to control everything about our life. Hey man, I'm talking about myself a little bit when I'm done saying that. And we need to know every dot and every tittle. But if you knew, if you knew everything, it wouldn't be faith. See, faith requires you to let a little bit of your, little bit of your choice go. Can you trust? Can you lean on something and you don't know how it's going to end? The next thing is, after focusing like a mamba, I'm going to work like a mamba. Somebody say work. It's a four-letter word <laughs> to some people. Somebody say work. Somebody say work. Kobe was talented. He had rare giftings that few people on this earth had. But he didn't lie, rely on his talent. He worked. He perfected his craft. I want y'all to see a video of Jay Williams. I think he used to play for Duke. He had a short career because he got hurt. But I want you to see a testimonial of his opinion of Kobe's work ethic. Now I'll be right back. You know, look, I always try to outwork people, right? That's just how I made my mark. So the game was at seven. It's like, you know what? I'm going to come to the Staples Center because we're playing. That's okay. You can display it, even if it's just the audio. That's fine. You know, look, I always try to outwork people, right? That's just how I made my mark. So the game was at seven. It's like, you know what? I'm going to come to the Staples Center because we're playing. This one, the Lakers have Kobe and Shaq. Okay, this is, this is like the championship Lakers. So you know I'm going to get there at 3 o'clock, and I want to make sure I make 400 main shots before I go back into the room, and then I sit in the sauna, and I get ready for the game. Who do I see? I see Kobe Bryant, already working out. So once I set my foot across that line, I started working out. And so I worked out for a good hour, hour and a half. And when I came off after I was done, I sat down, and of course I still hear the ball bouncing. I look down, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's still working out? He was working out. Like, it looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got there. And he's still going. And it's not like his moves are nonchalant, <laughs> lazy. He's doing, like, game moves, you know? Um, I sit there, and I unlace my shoes. And I'm like, let me see how long this goes. I sit out there and watch. Another 25 minutes. And he got done. He said, okay. Then I sit enough. Go play, you know? Come back. Get in the sauna. Get ready for the game. That game, he drops 40 on us. Okay? And after the game is over, I'm like, I I have to ask this guy. Like, I, I have to understand, like, why, why he, he works like that. Right. So after the games, I'm like, hey, Cole, like, why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in. <laughs> and I, I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. Wow. You just, you inspire me to be better. Come on, somebody put your hands together for that, amen? Somebody say hard work. I don't care how talented you are. You have to cultivate it with hard work. I know you're wonderful. I know that God has called you to impact millions. I don't doubt that. Because God used the least likely people to do the greatest things. But, somebody say but. It's going to take hard work. 
Just because God's favor is on you does not mean it's going to be easy. Somebody say amen to that. It is not going to be easy. Scripture says this, Hebrews 6 and 11, it says, we want you to show this same diligence to the very end so that when you, what you hope for may be fully realized. I'm going to say it again. We want you to show the same diligence. Somebody say the same diligence. To the very end. So that what you hope for. Anybody got some hopes and dreams in this place? I want you to have the same diligence. The same diligence of Jesus Christ. The same diligence as the forefathers in the gospel. We, if you're going to be great, if you want people to talk about you when you're gone, you're going to have to have the same diligence so that the thing that you hope for may be fully realized. Somebody say fully realized. I'm going to talk about the scripture of being fully realized. God wants you to fully realize what he showed you in your dreams. So many times we settle. Well, I ain't where I want to be, but I ain't where I used to be. God doesn't need the help of your low expectations. God said, if I spoke it to you like that, not only am I going to do it, Ephesians says that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So if we, we serve and, and, and are under the lordship of a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly, why in the world will we lower our expectations? I'm so glad y'all quiet because you are thinking this morning. God is saying, I need you to raise your expectation. But the raise of your expectation of me means that I'm raising my expectation of how hard I need you to work. Y'all know that anything that you get easy, you don't appreciate. You know that anything that you get easy, you, you don't want to be like a trust fund baby. They, they don't appreciate money. They don't appreciate because they didn't have to work for something. And I'm telling you, if we want to be great, it's one thing they get it, but everybody that gets it does not keep it. And because they don't cherish it, and because they haven't done the hard work, anything that you anything that you bleed for, anything that you cry for, anything that you cut your hands, and I've got the calluses to show it, I will not let it easy to be snatched from me. But you're gonna have to work for it. And we're too lazy. We are spiritual beings, but we live our spiritual expression out through physical means. And many of us in the charismatic church, we think that all we need to do is a prophet to come and call us out. All we need to do is somebody to lay hands on us and graze us down like a, like a pig at the county fair. And we think that all of a sudden that the, that the, that the sky is going to open up and we're going to get everything, every promise in the book. Let me tell you something. If you don't work, that you will not eat. God said that he, that, that, that somebody that will not work is worse than an infidel. I said, I'm not blessing lazy people. You got to put in the work. 
God called you to be an entrepreneur, you need you you need you need to be studying, and you need to be you need to be knocking on people's doors, and you need to say, look, I need you to mentor me. I need you. I need to sit down and I need to pick your brain. How did you do this? Because I don't want to go through the same stumbles and the same pitfalls. So if if God see see favor doesn't always look like favor. Let me tell you something. We think that favor is that God going to put a, put a million dollars in our bank account. But let me tell you, if God gives you favor with somebody who has been in the steps where you're going, that is favor to shorten your learning curve and to propel you further than they ever could. But you got to put the footwork in. Is this blessing anybody in this room today? You got to put the footwork in. There's going to be some sleepless nights. You may have to moonlight. You may have to do your hustle now until it, until it can pay for it so that you can walk off your job. See, some people say, no, God has called me to this, and, you know, and I'm walking off my job. I'm leaving today. It's a stage of faith. Okay, well, that's fine. No, you better wait on some ravens to come and feed you some bread because you got a good job, and you're walking off of it. And God say, no, 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 look, sometimes, sometimes we got to burn a little bit of midnight oil. We got the moonlight. I'm about to do this and go to work at night. And I'm about to do this and I'm about to work this side hustle. I'm about to work two jobs until I can get this and work this clientele and work this until this replaces this. This is earthly wisdom to apply to your spiritual future. But you're going to have to do the work. Somebody say work it. Whatever your dream is, you're going to have to work it. Kobe said this, we can always be kind of average and do what's normal. I'm not into this to do what's normal. We have a choice every day whether we're going to be normal or extraordinary. But you have a choice. I want you to ask yourself, what would an extraordinary, what, what is, what would the extraordinary version of me do? We all have a choice. I want you to write this down. If your gift is a seed, and this is for me, if your gift is a seed, it is your hard work and discipline that will make it grow. Let me tell you something. Some of the most flaky, unreliable people are the most gifted people. Can I tell you something? Some people, what stuff just comes easy. They can walk in a room and do this, or they can walk in a room and start playing, or, they, or they, they, they don't have the work ethic. They, they, only, they, they are like water. They go to the paths of least resistance. You know what? Water will go in any area where if the floor is slanted, it'll go there, but you'll never see water go on its way up the hill by itself. It, ha- it goes with the flow. And let me tell you something. You will never get to your destined place in God just going with the flow. Great people do things against the count, against the grain. Great things, people, great things, the crowd is going over there, but the great people go over there. While everybody is out late night partying, the great people are, are, are honing in in their skill and they're getting to bed early and they're waking up. Do you know, mo- you know mo- most CEO, CEOs of, 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 of Fortune 500 companies, the average time they get up is 4 o'clock in the morning? And you're hitting the snooze button a couple of times. They've done more work before you wake up than, you, than most people do all day. Because they're willing to pay the price. 
Somebody say pay the price. Here's the thing, people of God. Every day that we are given is not our own. We've been loaned a day. Anybody, the older you get, you realize, you know what? I got more sand in the bottom of the hourglass than I do in the top. And you start, the Bible tells us to number our days. But it's not until we start getting a few of them days that we start numbering them. We're like, fame, I'm going to live forever when we're young. Y'all remember that, don't you? Y'all old enough. <laughs> but when the numbers start getting scarce is when we start numbering them. And God is saying here, he said, I've given you the gift. I've loaned you a day. Well, some people say, Lord, just give me one more day. If you just give me one more day, people, people are holding on to life. Say, God, if I, if I could just make it here. And here we are waking up, bouncing, and going to the Keurig, and getting us some coffee, and doing whatever we want to do, turning on Tom Jordan or whoever it is in the morning. We just, just moseying along the day. And some people are begging for another day that we are taking advantage of. God has loaned you a new day. And here's, here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Here's my question. Have you paid rent for the time that you've been given? Somebody said you got to pay rent. God gave you, y'all know in, in, anybody lease a car or lease a place that you live? You got to pay rent to stay there. If you don't pay rent to stay there, look at this, y'all. The landlord has the right to take your domicile as to where you live. My question is, with the gift of life that you've been loaned, have you paid rent on the day that you're living? Woo! What are, you, what are you saying, Pastor Tony? I'm saying, have you paid rent by squeezing out purpose out of this day? Have you, have you acknowledged God? Say, God, this is a day that the Lord has made. We love to say that. Lord, you gave me this day. Now, what is it that you want me to do with it? What is my assignment for this day? What is my assignment on this job? What is my assignment with these children? What is my assignment in the place that you have given me to work at? What is it that I need to pay rent on today, God? But we don't, want, we don't ask questions that we don't want answers for. But God said, I've touched you and I've given you the gift of a day of life. And you got the nerve to watch power all day with it. I'm not saying you can't watch it at all. But all I'm saying, you done, watch, you done spent the whole day watching Housewives or whatever city with it. And God said, you gonna, there's going to come a day where the landlord is going to come and say, you have lived here long enough, you ain't pay rent, and I need you to move. When are you going to start paying rent on the gift of life that God has given you? Oh, I'm glad. Y'all see the looks on y'all's faces. But God is challenging us. There are people that are begging for the life, the health, and the strength that you are taking for granted today. What is it you're going to do? With what you got left. We don't know. I could, we all could be gone by this evening. No doubt when, when Kobe woke up last, sun, last Sunday, Sunday morning, he was going and they were, they were flying in a helicopter to go and, and they were waiting. All the children were waiting there to have some basketball games. He didn't know when he woke up in the morning that he was going to end up in eternity. We don't know where death is. We don't know when our graduation is. We don't know when death is coming to transition us into eternity. But, but since we don't know, and many of us, if we did know, we'd 
be, we'd be twiddling our thumbs and playing spades until Jesus came back. Are we coming back this day? I'm going to get ready, right? I mean, uh, can we break it down to the second? And God is saying, what are you going to do? Are you going to pay rent? Are you going to pay rent means that you're going to pay some sacrifice. You know, I talked about quid pro quo. You're going to have to give something to get something. We want the favor from God. We want all his blessings, but we're not willing to get off our stool or do nothing and, and pay rent for what God has given us. That gift that God gave you, God said, I gave it to you freely, but the demand is you're going to have to pay rent on it. You're gonna, there's going to there's gonna be some sacrifice. There's gonna be, I'm going to make you so in demand that you are not going to be able to get all the sleep that you want to get. You're not going to be ordinary like everybody else is. You may have to travel and be away from your family a little bit. There's going to be some sleepless nights, but are you willing to pay rent? on the giftings that I put inside of you. That's what a mamba would do. Just like Kobe. Kobe said, he didn't need to do that. He had already made his name. He was already one of the greatest people. But he stayed in that gym. And when he saw somebody else, he said, I'm not going to let you outwork me. The mediocre me would do that. But I'm going to stay until I know that I'm ready. Somebody say, get ready, get ready. The last thing is, the last lesson, is there is no time like the present. Tell somebody, there was no time like the present. One of the greatest tragedies is that Kobe fully threw his, himself in his NBA career for 20 years, got drafted when he was 17. Played 20 years, 18 to 38, and he left everything on the court. Body was broken down, had torn his Achilles, couldn't jump like he used to. But yet and still, he was able to transition into a whole nother life. And there is something that we have to talk about there. Tell, tell somebody transition. Some of us are stuck back in our heyday. We're stuck, we're stuck when our hairline was down here. <laughs> we're stuck when we had a, had, a, had a 28 ways. We are stuck and, 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 we, and we, have, we have become comfortable in just telling OG stories like we're sitting on the stoop telling the youngsters about when I was and when I was. When I, like, like I said before, if God was through with you, he would have already called your number. So what are you going to do with today? What are you going to do with today? James 4 and 3 says this. Come now, you say. Today or tomorrow, we will do such and such a thing in town and spend, and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are but a mist and a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes. As great as you are, you are nothing but vapor. I know your family loves you and they're going to cry when you laid out right here, but you are just vapor. What are you going to do while you're here. Kobe is gone. Yet and still, the vapor 
that he left behind is still, it will inspire people for generations. Now, am I telling you to be COVID? No, I'm not. But what I'm saying, whatever your area of greatness is, the world needs the full manifested version of you. We don't need the broke down version. We need the full version. Somebody say the full version. The wealth of your potential. And there are some people that have great potential in this room. The wealth of your potential does not guarantee your tomorrow. If God was choosing people on potential, Kobe would still be here. He had started his own health drink. He was doing micro loans for businesses. It was all kind of stuff we're finding out now that he wasn't boasting about. But he was just starting to be his greatest version of himself. So based on potential, he should still be here. But your potential does not guarantee tomorrow. So what are you going to do today? Because you're alive today. You're sound in your mind today. You've got, you, 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 you've got your full use of your faculties today. So what are you going to do today? Everybody stand to your feet. If there's one thing that Kobe told me, I don't care how great you are, I don't care how multiplied millions you have, when it's your time to leave, there is nothing that can stop it. When the death angel came for him, he didn't care how many, that he was a five-time NBA champion. Didn't care about his rings, his rings. He didn't care about all his gold medals that he had. He didn't care about the, the, the Kobe shoes. He didn't, the, the death angel didn't care about none of that. It was time for him to go. What I'm saying is, Today is the day for you to make a decision that I'm going to be the best, the best version of myself. Can I see the hand of people that, that, that can be honest that you're not being the best version of yourself? You're not being the best version of yourself. For whatever reason, I'm not here to condemn you because I'm not being the best version of myself. But let the legacy and the memory, and there are many things we can talk about Kobe did, but I had, had to make it in a digestible form. But the fact of the matter is, today is the day for us to commit to be like that mama, to be unrelenting, uncompromising, to be the first one to show up and the last one to leave. To pay the price, to pay the rent on these gifts that we have. And yes, there are some in this room that are, that are, that are reminded of your mortality. That we are just vapor and that we are just travelers along this thing called life. And one day, even the greatest got to go through the door of death. He'll, he'll, be, he'll forever be remembered in the annals of history. But at the end of the day, he was just vapor. 
that mountain that they crashed into didn't care how great he was. Oh, the helicopter is, is carrying Kobe. Oh, let me move. No, 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 no. There are certain things, no matter who you are, everybody's got to go through it. There's a point on the once every man to die. And then comes judgment. One of the things my, my, my therapist told me, he said, said that people have been questioning their mortality. And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to do if this could happen to Kobe? Who am I? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And so my challenge to you today is to ask yourself, what am I going to do with what I got left? I may only have a couple hours left, but what am I going to do with it? I may have a couple of decades left, but what? See, see that, that, that's the beauty of that question. It applies to everybody. No matter where your start line is, we all got a finish line. And what are you going to do with what you got left? And so my first question is for somebody in this room that does not know Jesus Christ. My first question, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? God has been keeping you when you didn't know it. God has been covering you when you didn't know it. He paid a price for your sins and you weren't even aware of it. Well, you were born in sin. You were shaped with iniquity. Didn't nobody have to teach you how to sin. It was in your nature. Just the same way nobody has to teach a child to be selfish. It's just in their nature. My ball, my, my, my cup, my this, my that. You don't have to learn to be a sinner. And God said, I came, I sent my son Jesus to redeem you back. And you didn't even know it. You were lost and you didn't even know it. But there is somebody in this room that can attest that one day I found out that I was a sinner and I had a need to be saved. I had a need to be forgiven of my sins. I have need to God to erase all my pain and all my mistakes and everything that I've done. And I answered the call. And so I know there is somebody in this room. I know there is somebody in this room that is reminded of your mortality. I can't keep going the way that I'm going. I've got to make a change. And if it took somebody important to me, like Kobe Bryant, to have an untimely death for me to realize that I am not immortal. One day, I'm going to get gray hairs. One day, my knees are going to ache. One day, my heart's going to stop beating. One day, I'm going to take a last breath. I'm going to have to account for what I did in this body. There is somebody in this room. I know there is. But the same way that Kobe had to choose to keep working out, the same way that Kobe had to choose that, you know what, I'm not going to let what people think about me control my future. I'm going to make a choice to have a different mentality that I will be a conqueror. I will not give up. You have to make a choice. Every day we are living life and life is nothing but an equation filled with decisions and outcomes. And the Lord is saying to choose ye this day. Who? you're going to serve. I didn't make hell for you. I made hell for the devil and his angels, the one that he deceived. But you can choose to go there with him. And so everybody with your eyes closed and your head bowed. 
want you to make the first step to be like a mamba. Am I, am, I, am I testifying to his walk with God? No, I am not. But what I'm saying, I'm taking it as a metaphor. Make a decision to start changing your life today. There are two types of people I'm speaking to specifically. If you have never known Jesus, meaning that you know of God, but you're not in relationship with him. You've never said, God, forgive me of my sins. You say, Lord, forgive me for doing that. But Lord, Lord, generally, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want you to make a decision today to accept Jesus. Or if you're a person who once knew Jesus and you walked away from him, you let the cares of life, you let disappointments uh, cause you to walk away from him, you let people and people scar you and people hurt you and people uh, let you down and you walked away from God, the word of God said that you are a backslider. I mean, you have walked away from him. That is not to condemn you, that's not to make you feel bad, but the God, God also gives an antidote in his word when he says, I, yeah, you are a backslider, but I'm married to that backslider. And God, he said, I'm just a strange, you're my, you're my estranged wife, and I want you back. I'm married to you. Even though you walked away from me, I want you back. We're estranged, and I want to reconcile with you. So if you have never accepted Jesus, or if you once accepted him and you walked away, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand in the atmosphere and say, look, I want to accept Jesus. I want to change my life. I want to stop, I, I want to stop letting life uh, wag me around like a dog wagging its tail, but I'm going to take control of my life. And, and listen, taking control of your life means giving your life away to the master. If that's you today, if you've been never accepted him or if you want to accept him again, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand in this atmosphere and we're going to get you in the ark of safety. Are you ready? Come on, one, two, three. Come on, raise that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there another? Come on, is there another? Is there another? Is there another? I see that hand. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Come on, would y'all do me a favor? If you raise your hand, would you come and meet me at the altar? I want to pray with you. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Come on, clap, clap your hands as they come. Come on, clap your hands as they come. Come on, come on, clap your hands as they come. Where my ministers at? Where my ministers at? Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.